Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Friday to you and happy new year. First post of 2024, first TNC of 2024. I'm excited to uh, to get it started, to kick off the year. I think we're going to have a good year uh, overall in the sport and otherwise. I think it's going to be a really, really good year. 2024 is going to be crazy. There's going to be some drama, but it's going to be a good year. I got faith going to be a good one. Uh, before we kick it off, guys, as always, I remind you, please make sure you're subscribed here on YouTube. You click that notification bell. You might think you're subscribed. Double check because that algorithm, they get crazy with it and they unsubscribe people all the time. If you're not following me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of it, it's Montero Unboxing. If you want to get the audio podcast, all you got to do is search for my name on whatever podcast platform you use. You will find me there, okay? If there's one out there that I'm not on, let me know. Let me know, and I'll make sure we change that. We correct that, okay? Um, I'm feeling good, man. I actually got some sleep. <laughs> I actually got some sleep last night. Both of my kids actually slept very well last night, which has never happened. They pretty much always, one of them has a bad night of sleep. All the other one sleeps good. Last night, they both slept good, so we got some rest. Uh, anyway. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I hope you guys had a great holidays. Hope you enjoyed time with your, your family and friends. Uh, we had some, some boxing during that season, which was really cool. Some really good boxing, some fun boxing. I did a review video at the very end of the year talking about that card from uh, Saudi Arabia and then the Inoue fight. So if you guys haven't checked that out yet, go back and look. Uh, I was from probably a couple weeks ago, but, um, anyway, um, before I get into the boxing talk, uh, I got to give a shout out to the Michigan Wolverines, the 2023 national champions of football here in the United States. And I wanted to show this tweet that I posted, um, earlier this week, was it? Yeah. Earlier this week. Um, because they just won the championship this Monday. The last time Michigan won a national title was in 1997. It was for the 97 season. Technically, they won it in 98, just like this was for the 2023 season. Technically, they won it in 2024. But anyway, it was for the 1997 season. And they had to split the national championship that year. I don't know how or why that happens, but it, sometimes it happens or it used to. Now we have a playoff. but. Um, they had to split the championship, but either way, they were national champions and they should have been the only champions. They were the legit champions. I was a senior in high school in 1997. That's the year I graduated high school. And I actually had this jersey that I'm showing you guys here on the screen. For those of you uh, on the audio pod, uh, I tweeted a picture of this jersey that I still have. I actually got this jersey in 1995. Number 18, it was an Amani Toomer jersey. And I still have it all these years later. It's held up. The uh, the numbers kind of faded and the M's, there was two, there was an M on each shoulder. Uh, that's kind of withered a little bit, um, but it's uh, it's still great. And it, it was, you know, I had to put it on and rock it pretty much all week. <laughs> I wore it over the weekend and then I wore it a couple of days this week, just around the house and, and different things. Um, it's just really, really cool that here we are all these years later. 20 some odd years later and they win the national championship outright. So congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. And then I have to add this, my Detroit lions are in the NFL playoffs. They are the, the division champions. 
and they are in the playoffs uh, this weekend, wild card weekend, which is probably the best weekend in sports in America. It's it's just awesome. Uh, just nonstop football. It's a lot of fun. And for the first time in a long time, the Detroit Lions are in the playoffs. So not only did the Michigan Wolverines win the national championship, but the Detroit Lions are in the playoffs. This has never happened once in my 44 years on this earth. It's never happened. So in, in fact, the last time, the only time the Lions have won a playoff game in my entire life was in 1991. They won one game. They had a bye, won one game, and lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion Washington Redskins that year. I'm hoping they can at least get one W in the playoffs. Do I think the Lions are going to the Super Bowl? The odds are against it. I think they got a shot. But they have the hardest path. They have the toughest schedule of, of any team. They have the hardest path to the Super Bowl. And it starts this, I think, Sunday night against the Los Angeles Rams. It's kind of funny the way things come full circle. So the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams is Matt Stafford. He used to be on the Lions. The quarterback of the Detroit Lions right now is Jared Goff. He used to be the quarterback of the Rams. So they've switched. I grew up in Detroit. I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. So uh, there's just, you know, it's funny the way things work out. Uh, but things come full circle. I'd love to see the Detroit Lions get a W this Sunday night. But the L.A. Rams are the hottest team in football. And the Lions kind of hit a slump the last four or five games of the season. The Rams have been red hot. So I'm pretty nervous. But either way, it has been an awesome year for football fans from the state of Michigan. It's an awesome year, um, and I hope that continues this weekend. We'll see. Um, but, yes, look, you guys, this is a boxing podcast, so let's get to it. Uh, oh, yeah, Israel Kano with the <laughs> first comment right here. Israel says, uh, Lions are not beating the, the Niners, Montero. I'm not so – I'm sorry, not sorry. Hey, look, the Niners – I tweeted – you could go back and look at my Twitter or my ex. I'm always going to freaking call it Twitter. You can go back. I tweeted months ago, months ago, at the very beginning of the season, I said the Niners look great, and they look like the NFC division champions. I said that months ago. Go back and search my Twitter. You will find it. Um, I thought they just looked overall the strongest. They got the best staff hands down, offense, defense, everything. Um, they look good. But I don't know. We'll see how it all shake, shapes up, all right? Um, hey. As long as the, the Lions, like I said, if they get one W, if they beat the Rams, then um, it's going to get interesting. But honestly, man, here's what I'm pissed off about. I'm just going to mention this, and then I'll move on. The Lions beat the Dallas Cowboys a few weeks back. The NFL, the, the officials and the stupid NFL rules screwed them out of a W. And had the Lions got that W, which they earned and got screwed out of because of those stupid calls at the end, the Lions, instead of being the three seed, They'd be the number one seed, very quite possibly a number one seed. At worst, they'd be the two seed. But they, they would have had a strong chance, very strong likelihood of being the one seed. They would have got a bye week and been playing at home all the way through the playoffs. So um, that drastically would have changed uh, their trajectory in the playoffs, you know. And I, what do I talk about all the time in boxing, how referees, judges – screw up fights right and we're not talking about the fight itself we're talking about how a judge or the judges a referee whatever screwed up a fight that shit happens in every sport it's not limited to boxing 
So the NFL screwed the Detroit Lions out of a number one seed and quite possibly a playoff win. We'll see what happens. So we'll see how it shakes up. All right, guys, let's start with um, some news and notes. A couple of things to update on. And then um, I'm not really going to do a review because, like I said, I already reviewed the fights at the end of last year. And we've had some fights early on this year. Nothing really noteworthy, just blowouts, right? And nothing really noteworthy to talk about. So, um, yeah, let's start with Errol Spence. Errol Spence. So did you guys see this? He tweeted, uh, was it this week? I, I believe it was this week. All my days are kind of blurring together. But I think it was this week he tweeted a picture of him in an eye patch, said that he had just got cataract surgery on his eye. I can't remember if it was the left, the right eye. I, I don't remember. But he posted on his Instagram, and I'm not, I thought about sharing the post. I'm not going to do all that. But he, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, hey, getting this surgery on my eye, it's been jacked up for a while. How do you think Crawford landed all them punches? But hey, good performance, man. <laughs> you know? So like he makes this excuse and he says, but hey, you, you, you good performance, bro. <laughs> so he tries to clean it up with that, right? And then in the days subsequent to that post, he's Spence has posted several things and Crawford's posted some things too. There's been a little bit of back and forth. And it really, really looks more and more and more like we're not going to see a rematch between those two, at least not immediately uh, next, which I think is fantastic. I think Errol Spence needs to heal up, rest, and get back in the ring against a soft touch at 154, fill, fill into that division, and go from there if he wants to continue fighting. To run right back to Terrence Crawford, it would get super, super ugly, and there's just no need for it. So I really hope that rematch doesn't happen. But I got to say, okay, a couple questions. A couple questions for the cataract bros because, you know, now the, the Aerospence fans who threw probably the biggest fit of the year, th there were several narratives and, and exposures last year that just, just got blown up, right? That was what, that's what 2023 was. And maybe that'll continue this year. We'll see. But of all the temper tantrums thrown by different fan bases, last year the errol spence response was was probably the worst right those fans lost their shit because they were hanging on for five or six years believing what their master was telling them and when it got blown up in their face whoo wee they did not take it well so the eye patch thing for a lot of those guys gives them something it gives them a glimmer of hope right they've been they've been like climbing up this mountain with storm clouds raining down upon them. And now there's a, a little bit of sunlight breaking through the clouds and they can see the top of the mountain now and they're almost there. So a little glimmer of hope for the cataract bros out there. Let me just ask this question to you. The fight was in July. July, what, 29th, if memory serves me correctly, that was the date. It is now January 2024. So it has been, what is that, six months? What took so long? Why did you get the surgery now? And a further question that my boy Steve Kim posted on uh, X. I want to give my boy Steve a shout out. Uh, he asked, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, there was a lot of time in between Errol Spence's last fight and the fight with Crawford. And there is a lot of time just in recent years. If this injury goes back a while, he's had a lot of time off. Why didn't he get cataract surgery then? 
If you knew, or if you thought that the biggest fight of your life was still ahead of you and that you wanted to be a hundred percent and you had this nagging eye injury that was affecting you in the ring, wouldn't you fix it before the most important fight of your career instead of six months after? Pretty logical question. I want to hear what the cataract bro has got to say about that. Okay. Uh, super chat from my man, Papa Chubby. Thank you so much, Chad. He said, uh, driving and would love to call in. Hey man, call in. Phone lines are open. You want to call in? I'm going to talk here for a little bit, but you can call in anytime, brother. And I'll get you because I know that uh, you're calling from Canada. It ain't cheap. So give me a call, man. And we'll get you on. I'll stick with some news though. Uh, let's see. USA boxing. You guys know I got to touch on this. USA Boxing, the latest uh, sporting sanctioning group or sporting organization, whatever you want to call it, uh, to, and it's, obviously this is beyond boxing, this is across all sports here in the United States, but they're the latest sporting authority to allow men to compete against women, right? And I'm not going to show their post and get into all the stipulations that they talk about with hormone therapy and all this kind of stuff. Um, but Michaela Mayer, of all people, because the reaction to this was brutal, right? And there were a lot of people that were just mostly fighters that were just really crapping down USA Boxing's throat, particularly female fighters. And that's very understandable. But Michaela Mayer made a very good comment. I think it was on Twitter. Uh, and again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not quoting directly, okay? But she basically said, hey, look, hormone therapy is illegal. If, if for pro boxers, men can't do TRT, you know, women can't do it either. Like you, you can't do hormone therapy. So if you're a, a male boxer that's taking hormone blockers and all this other stuff, that's hormone therapy. And if that's what you have to do to get your T levels down to be to, under this particular threshold that USA boxing has set so that you can fight women, that's a violation of law anyway, because you're taking hormone therapy. And cis, whatever the term is, these idiotic terms, regular people, men and women, they can't do hormone therapy. I couldn't do that if I was fighting. Uh, no, no fighter could. So how, why are you getting, you're basically giving special treatment to a very select small group of people. And, and let's be honest about this. Transgender people who I have nothing against. I think everyone should be able to live their life the way they see fit. And I'm 100% a supporter of that. Okay. Whatever floats your boat and gets you, makes you happy, do it. As long as you're not hurting anybody, uh, you know, and everything's consensual and all that good stuff. I mean, do what makes you happy. But there are limitations. And um, you're talking about a percentage. A fraction of the a fraction of a percent of the United States population, okay, is trans. It's not even one percent. It's a fraction of a percent. Then you're taking how many Americans are fighters? That's a fraction of a percent too. So if you multiply those two numbers, you are talking about a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. You're talking maybe about hundredths or thousandths of a percent of the United States population that these laws abide to or are designed for, I should say. So you're catering to this unbelievably small group of people and you're allowing them to do something that the other 99.99999% of 
of fighters are not allowed to do by nature because hormone therapy is illegal. Uh, so why is this happening? Okay. What I'm about to say, um, I have to be very careful. I have talked to, uh, by the way, I like how none of the mainstream American boxing press sources breaking all those guys have done zero investigative journalism regarding this, this, um, decision. And none of them have placed any editorial content on it either. I, I love that. Everyone's just been completely mum. And that tells you just how powerful some of these lobbies are and how weak and cowardly most of the media is. But um, I have talked to multiple contacts I have in high up positions at USA Boxing. Okay. I've had discussions that were off the record. There are certain things that were discussed and brought up that I cannot say publicly. I can't say it here on the show. I'm going to be very, very careful and deliberate with my words um, and say what I can comfortably say publicly. Okay. And I don't give a shit. How many of you ask? I'm not revealing any of my sources. Okay. Uh, these people have trusted me with certain information. I'm not going to violate that. This is not coming from USA Boxing. This decision is not coming from USA Boxing. It is coming from people way, way higher up the food chain, okay? Um, USA Boxing is a very, in the big scheme of things, they're a small uh, entity, and they don't have a lot of power. They certainly don't have any political power, but they also don't have any financial power. They're always barely just treading above water financially, right? So, so they do not have the power to fight certain lobbies in certain entities in Washington, okay, that pretty much forced their hand with this. So at first, my initial gut reaction was to be pissed off at USA Boxing. I'm like, how could you guys do this? I can tell you guys right now, they'll never say it publicly. Over 90% of the people at USA Boxing completely disagree with this decision and do not support it personally. Their hand was forced. There are certain political organizations and political entities, people running things right now that forced it and threatened legal action if it wasn't met. There are other sporting organizations um, in other sports, I think powerlifting is one that comes to mind. There are commissions that have literally been bankrupted and shut down by some of these activist organizations and or their political allies in Washington because they wouldn't bend on some of this stuff. USA Boxing couldn't afford to do that. So don't be mad at USA Boxing. It's either they went along with this or they basically we're shut down and there's no amateur system anymore in America. It's that serious. That's how serious this was. Okay. They had to do it. Be mad at the people running the country. I won't get political beyond that. I'm just saying that. Okay. <clears throat> Fight announcement. Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. That's interesting. Let's talk about that. But first, uh, you know what? I got a couple of phone calls. Let's do these phone calls 
Actually, you know what? Hang on one second, guys, on the phones. Let me get through this real quick, then we'll jump on the phones, okay? Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. Now, look, on the surface, I normally would just be trolling the hell out of this fight and shitting on it and hating it, right? What the hell is this crap, right? When, But I don't blame Anthony Joshua at all. Do you want, it, it, this is kind of like the USA boxing thing. Don't be mad at Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua, Francis Ngannou, everybody involved in that promotion. They are just going to make a shitload of money, and Anthony Joshua is going to beat the living hell out of Francis Ngannou and show his real level. Um, it, I don't know. Maybe it goes the distance if if AJ is timid. I don't think so. I think he stops him. But blame Tyson Fury. And this is something I was listening to my boys on the boxing rant earlier today, and they talked about this. And I agreed with everything they said in relation to this fight announcement. This is 100% Tyson Fury's fault. So if any of you are mad at Anthony Joshua for taking this fight, why are you mad? He doesn't hold a world title. Seriously, he doesn't hold a world title. Uh, he doesn't have a mandatory or anything like that. Tyson Fury's the guy we've wanted to see fight Alexander Usyk now for what the last two years or something to completely uh, get undisputed and he's cock blocked it. And then he fought Francis Ngannou laid an egg, gave Francis Ngannou a platform made him legitimate. And now Anthony Joshua gets to go clean it up. Joshua and Eddie Hearn are just taking advantage of a situation that Tyson Fury put in their lap. And guess what? Joshua's fight against Ngannou is going to do way bigger numbers. They're going to sell more tickets. They're going to sell more pay-per-views. They're going to get bigger, uh, just more viewership globally. He's going to make significantly more money, and he's going to beat the shit out of Ngannou and look really, really good. It's going to be a little feather in his cap that he can hold against Tyson Fury, and it's 100% Tyson Fury's fault. All right, let's um, – I promised – we get some calls here. Okay, guys, we have a few international calls. Let's let's uh, let's run through these as fast as we can. All right, because I'm starting to get filled up here on the phone lines. Uh, let's jump over to the UK. We got seven nine six on the line. What's up? Oh, hello, Mike. How's it going? Good. How you doing, man? Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year. Long time. How have you been keeping? Because I haven't. I haven't heard from you for a while, man. I can't remember the last time I spoke. Yeah, just um. um Dealing with the baby, baby's nine weeks now, so she's doing a lot better. But it was it was rough there for a while. Man, having two kids in one year, guys, would not recommend that. <laughs> take take some time. <laughs> take two or three years in between. Don't do two in a year. Holy shit! Um, anyway, sorry. Go ahead, man. What you got, man? All right, all right that's okay. No, I was just wondering because I, I I was thinking you must have been busy. I haven't heard from you for a while because I think you've done. You've done a recap of the Saudi card, but I was just going to get into that because I know there's going to be a lot of other people calling in. Just into the Batubia fight and a couple of other things. I was going to say, you know, um, you know, a lot of people do talk about like when fighters are past their prime. And I was just thinking about this. Uh, when Klitschko fought Fury and Klitschko fought AG, you could argue uh, Klitschko was past his prime. I don't think he was that past his prime uh, against Fury as some people make it out, but 
he he looked after himself even when he fought AJ when he was coming off like a two year layoff and he was in good shape. But then you look at a guy like Fury, I think when he gets to that age, he'll either be retired or he'll have abused his body where he won't be able to compete at that level. And I wanted to try and compare another situation with Batabiev. A lot of people are talking about his age, but I I just heard the other day Kovalev, who's I think about the same age as him or maybe one year older, he's still fighting, but he I don't think he looked after his body, but he's I think now a cruiserweight and he's I think maybe a top ten cruiserweight you could argue, but do you think that matters? Because uh, Age, I do think it is a number, but I do think you need to look after your body as well as the older you get. Yeah, I mean, completely agree. Um, I will say this about Klitschko. I was, um, I've seen Klitschko work out multiple times, and I've been fortunate enough to meet him multiple times. And I was in New York uh, the whole week he fought Bryant Jennings, and I saw him work out, and I could see just in the workout that he had just kind of lost half a step, even in just in his workout routine, he just wasn't as to me focused and, and locked in. Uh, he just looked a little different. So I saw him kind of slip in there and he didn't have a great performance against Jennings. And that's when I knew it's like, okay, uh, he's definitely on the downslide, but as it relates to fury, I agree with you. He's, he's not going to be able to fight uh, at that age. There's no way he's in fact, this fight with Usyk for probably will be his last fight. Probably win, lose, or draw. Um, yeah. As far as better Biev, and I'll talk about him later because I'll preview his fight with Callum Smith. Um, I don't know. I think too much is made of his age, and it's it, it, to me it's his style and the injuries because he's a he's a fighter who lifts weights a lot, and that you know that causes injuries and stuff. That's what's going to do him in more than age. Honestly, bad activity. That's that's my only worry because I I don't think particularly at his best. I don't think there's a fighter outside Bivol right now, unless Henry, who's capable of beating him. I did post something up on Twitter a couple of uh, weeks ago, which got quite a lot of interaction. I do still think that that was the only other fight that probably maybe would have maybe picked him or would have said it was a 50-50 fight was Kovalev, who I was talking about earlier on. Mm-hmm. When Kovalev was right at his prime and knocking guys out uh, before the whole world fiasco. I just think um, the inactivity could be a problem because I was looking at Batubia's inactivity and I know people are talking about Callum Smith being inactive, but I'm not sure how old Callum Smith is. Batubia is almost 40 and the problem is that you can't get old, old overnight, but he's fought only once in 2017, 18, and then 22 and 23. So he's been fighting once a year. And at that age, I do think that can catch up. But I do feel, I do heavily favor Batubiev. I, I think the only way Batubiev would lose this fight is if he gradually or suddenly just gets completely old overnight. Because I don't think... Before I go, I just want to say, I don't think he looked that bad against Anthony Yard. I've not rewatched the yeah. uh, watched the ESPN coverage or the commentary, but to me, the BT or the UK commentary team, uh, I think they exaggerated. Cause I thought Yard won maybe around the two, and he landed a couple of good shots, but I don't think Batibia was 
ever seriously hurt. Uh, similar, I think, with Cal Brook and Golovkin. Or, although I do think Brook did land a very good shot that kind of, if not hurt, stunned or buzzed uh, Golovkin in that fight. I, I think the commentary team in the yard fight went a bit over the top. So I, I, I don't think that was a bad but I don't think it's a bad performance. But we'll see what happens. And if Patabia wins, I think we need to see the undisputed fight. Hopefully, absolutely. Uh, that can happen. Yeah, I'm going to talk about all that. I'm going to get to it. Uh, but I got to jump to the next all call, right. Hamid. Yeah, no, okay. good, Thank- good to see you. All right. Good to talk to you, brother. All right. All right. There he goes. Let's get. I'm going to get one more call real quick, and then we'll get to some other ones. I'm going to. It looks like we got Chad on here. Let me get him. Let's go to Ontario, Canada. Chad, what's up, man? Hey, man. You hear me, Mike? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, right on. Um, sorry, I'm just driving. I was a little distracted. I'm going to pick my mom up. She was trying to call me while this call is happening. Anyway, huh. man, I just really wanted to call in and just say, hey, hey, Mike Montero. <laughs> Mike Montero, the what's neutral up? corner. Man, it's been so long. I know. Like, I haven't called into the show in like I don't even know how long, man. So really, just wanted to say, hey, shout out to everybody that's listening, watching, and um, I mean, better be if I got him, I got him winning just quickly. Like, found um, it it was a bit jarring seeing how much uh, taller Kellen Smith is, eh? Yeah. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> um, but man, we saw what Canelo did did to Kellen. Um, so we know that that's not going to be an issue here. Um, on that note, I feel like since Kalen moved up to 75, he's been way more explosive, way more dangerous. So clearly it's a better, uh, better look for him in that division, but let's be honest, better be is I expect him to crush him. Anyone that's trying to be, uh, different or cool with their take, try and put Smith as a win. Uh, you might, if you get lucky and that happens, come on, man. Like the the odds favor better be him. They they've got him working in a style that's specific to his strength and explosiveness. Um, and it and look at it, hundred percent KO rate. I mean, mm. the guy. I don't want to say unstoppable, but he's a machine. He like literally is a machine. Um, but God, hats off to the Russians. That's all I got to say, man. They, they, they make amazing fighters. They make amazing fight like Drago. It's literally like that. Um, are you going? Anyway, Mike, I'm going to let you go. Oh, I, real quick, oh, are you going no, or not? I'm not I, no, 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 oh, I'm okay. not. But I'll be watching. Thanks, Mike. All right, brother. Thanks a lot, Chad. Okay. Before I get to these next calls real quick. Um, so I said we got Nacho. We got Thad. I think we got Johnny on the line there. So you guys hang out. Okay, just hang out for a few minutes. I want to really quickly give my thoughts on this card since Better BF's name came up. So, um, and then we'll, we'll get back to the phones, I promise. So, this Saturday, uh, January 13th in Quebec City, it'll be on ESPN and ESPN Plus here in the States. Another solid fight by ESPN Plus. I'm just saying that platform, pretty consistent. Um, Arthur Better BF going up against Caleb Smith for Better BF's WBC, WBO, IBF, Light heavyweight titles of course the other one the wba belongs to dimitri bevel also on the undercard jason baloney defending his wbo bantamweight belt against saul sanchez uh that is the 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 co-main and then i should mention uh, a couple weeks after this weekend on january 27th on the zone 
Jaime Munguia versus John Ryder in Phoenix, Arizona. That's a fun fight. That's a fun fight. I don't know if I'll be able to do another show before then. That's why I wanted to mention it. Not really going to preview it. I think Munguia wins that fight, but um, it's going to be fun just style-wise. Okay, better be Ev Smith. I thought about this. Now, when this fight was first announced, my initial gut feeling was Callum Smith is going to give better BF a stronger challenge than most people realize, right? Because I, I felt most people were just looking at it like better BF is going to steamroll this guy. You know, Smith doesn't have uh, the strength, the power, all that good stuff, right? Um, but then I realized I, it's, it's the curve has moved so much that it's almost like I think people are overrating Callum Smith at this point. Let me, let me, I'm going to pull up better BF's resume. Okay. Let, let's just look at this together real quick. And I'm not going to go back too far. Let's go back to 2021 Marcus Brown. Now that was a fight when that was first announced, people thought, Oh, better be, I was going to steamroll this guy. Oh my God. It's going to be a whitewater. And I said, listen, man, Marcus Brown was an Olympian. Go back and listen to the video guys. I said it. He's an Olympian. He's been in with some top opposition, amateur and pro. This dude can box. And he's physical. He's going to have some success in this fight. He's going to win a couple rounds and he's going to uh, go into the late rounds, um, I, you know, and possibly the distance. And you guys saw what happened. So the Joe Smith fight, I thought that fight was going to be harder for him than it, it turned out being. Smith's style was just perfect for what better BF does. And he caught him early. Uh, Anthony Yard. That was another one, though, where people are like, oh, they remembered Yard from some of his other fights. And they're like, this guy's going to get just destroyed by better BF. Well, I told everyone again, big physical guy, athletic, twitchy. He's going to give better BF a little bit of work. And it, it, of all Arthur better BF's fights, at least in recent years, it was Anthony Yard who gave him the biggest challenge. Uh, in fact, one judge here, I'm looking, or I'm sorry. Two judges had yard ahead at the time of the stoppage. Okay, now this fight, I should mention, it was in the UK. So I don't know about those judges having it, having him ahead. To Hamed's point, what he talked about, uh, I don't think yard won that many rounds. But maybe you give him three rounds in that fight. He's had moments. Here's the thing. I'm looking at Marcus Brown, even Joe Smith Jr., Anthony Yard, those are three solid opponents right now at 175, okay, in the last few years. And it, it literally is like one fight a year for a better BF. But he did fight at least last January against Yard. So it's it's been a year. Let's go over to Callum Smith. Let's look at his recent resume. So there was the loss to Canelo in 2020. That was his only fight of 2020. That was course was at 168. The next year he moves up to 175 and he fights Gilbert Castillo Rivera scores an emphatic knockout. Everyone's hooping and hollering because uh, Castillo, I, I believe he took Dimitri Bevel the distance. Let me check that real quick. And I think that's why so many people were so excited. Um, yes, he took, so, so um Castillo Rivera from the Dominican Republic, he took Dimitri Bevel the distance, but Cal in two rounds. Okay. Hold on, what am I hearing right here? Oh, I'm hearing an ad from this. Sorry, guys. I was hearing something in my ear. Um, 
So Castillo Rivera took Bevel a distance and then Smith flattens him. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, this guy, yeah, 175 is a monster. Then he fights this French guy, I think he's a French guy, in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia in 2022. Knocks him out. Okay, great. Are either of these guys, Gilbert Castillo Rivera and Matthew Boderlich, I guess is how you'd say that name, are either of them on the level of the last three guys better be of his fought? The answer is hell no. Okay. And I mentioned better Biab's inactivity, one fight a year. Okay. Callum Smith didn't even fight in 2023. He didn't even fight last year. So it's he's coming off a longer layoff than better Biab. Now, let's ask this question. Who is the inactivity going to affect more? The older guy who's injury prone and pretty much has fought once a year for the bulk of his career and relies on brute strength and force and pressure to win fights, breaking down opponents, or the guy who hasn't had that many layoffs in his career and is going to have to rely on movement, uh, accuracy, sharpness, stamina, which guys are going to affect more? The answer is pretty obvious. I think the inactivity is going to affect Callum Smith more. Unless Arthur Betterbiev gets completely old overnight and he's done, at the at the elite level, I think he wins this fight pretty handedly. I, I think it's going to be easier for him than the Anthony Yard fight, just in terms of styles. And I understand Smith is a long, tall guy, and he can move very well. And he was able to go the distance against Canelo, and he was able to, at times, stay at range and use his length to avoid taking really big shots from Canelo, right? I hear you. I got you. Here's the thing about Better BF, who's really underrated as an athlete, criminally underrated as an athlete. He, he's regarded as this slow, plodding Russian crusher. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, okay, some of that's true. Some of it's true. But have you ever seen this guy in the gym? Have you ever seen him on the jump rope? He's pretty light on his feet, man. He, he's, a, he's an elite level athlete. If Arthur Better Biev, if his name was Arthur Peterson and he was from Chicago, Illinois, he'd be called an elite level athlete. But because his name's Arthur Better Biev and he's from Russia, eh, he's just a really powerful guy who's really strong. His F, I actually think Better Biev is going to get to Smith quicker than Canelo was able to. I mean, by cutting off the ring and getting him trapped on the ropes. I really believe that. He's going to be able to do it in one or two steps quicker than Canelo was able to do it. Better be as taller, longer than Canelo, uh, stronger, obviously, and I think more athletic than Canelo. Yes, I'm saying that. Um, Canelo's a better body puncher. Canelo has way better defense. Canelo's defense is light years better than Arthur Better BF. If you have Better BF on your pound for pound list, I get it. I get it. But Better BF's defense in my opinion, is not quite pound for pound. His defense is his offense, okay? It's going to take a guy who's able to land significant punches on him and get out of range and do that over and over for 12 rounds to beat him. Callum Smith isn't that guy. I, I like um, I like better BF to win round seven or eight stoppage. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. I think I might have missed a super chat earlier. Let me make sure I get this. 
Oh, there is one. Super chat from my man, Miles Mahoney. Thank you so much. He says, love the show, Michael. Always paying the fee up in the Bronx. I appreciate that. He says, Callum Smith looked terrible against Canelo. Better be able to stop Callum. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, he was able, to, again, he was able to go the distance against Canelo, who at that time, pretty much the pound for pound top guy in the sport. Like, I, I understand. But I just think this is a different fight, a different matchup. And I think Smith will have some moments early on, but by the middle rounds, better be I was going to start just closing that distance and just just he's going to punch the guy to the shoulders, to the arms, uh, wherever he has to and just wear him down. That's what he does. And I don't think I don't see Smith doing anything that guys like Marcus Brown and Anthony Yard couldn't do. You know, I just don't see that. So, I, yeah, I look I, for a little while. I was thinking, man, maybe, maybe Smith has a shot here. Maybe maybe this could go the distance. He could be the first guy to take better be of the distance. The more I thought about it, I'm like, man, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. This, just look at their records. Look at their records. Better Biev has fought much, much better fighters than Callum Smith and broke them down. Just broke them down. So if Better Biev is anywhere near top form, he wins this fight. Okay. Uh, we have a call from France. I'm going to jump to this France call real quick, and then I promise we're going to get you guys here in the States, okay? I just want to get these international calls because I know it's expensive. All right, let's go to France. Hey, bonjour, Mike. Bonjour. Hey, how you how doing? Are you? What's up, man? Uh, great. Happy New Year, mate. It's you too. So, so good to have you on the phone. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm, I'm right. good, man. And like I said, I got some sleep last night. I'm feeling energetic. I got back in the gym this week. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy, man. I'm feeling good. Yeah, that's, that's perfect, and I, and and uh, I'm so happy for you because you have two daughters. So usually you're not really a father until you have a daughter, but no, you have two daughters. So yeah, no. congratulations! Thank I'm you. jealous. I'm jealous because I only have one. Uh. <laughs> so I know what the pleasure it is. Yeah, that, that's great. Thank you, Mike. No, I just wanted to say thank you. I uh, was happy to to be on the show and to to say happy new year to everybody, and uh, just a little preview from the better Bayer fight because uh, all the British guys are getting ex excited, uh, you know. All the guys are saying, well, Kenneth Smith is, is doing great, he's in great shape, he's, uh, he's uh, hitting uh, hard, he's going to be stopping better BF. But uh, I think uh, people are not realizing that um, Kenneth Smith is uh, totally out of his league in this fight. And he's fighting uh, a very consummate professional, one of uh, the last lords, you know, the last uh, uh, of the greatest amateur uh, pedigree in sports. And I think uh, that Kevin um, Smith will be very, very soon, very early out of his league in his fight. And uh, mainly on the, on the skill aspect of, of the fight. You see what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely agree, man. Um, and it's not that Smith's a bad fighter. He's a good fighter. But he's just not on, to your point, he's not on the same level, the same pedigree as Arthur Beterbiev. And then there's yeah. the physicality. And Beterbiev is going to be able to get underneath Smith because Smith is a lot taller and longer. I think Beterbiev is going to get underneath and just land those clubbing shots to the body, uh, to, to the chest. You know, just he's just going to break this guy down and stop him. Yeah, that's right. 
and 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 it's not uh, it's not um, I think it's not prepared for that. Uh, I think is 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 in a better trust. Um, is in a better situation because he doesn't have to boil down to 168 at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And uh, I think it's considered because of that. But that, that's not going to be enough. Uh, Skill-wise, he's not on the same level. And um, and he's, he's not been prepared for that. And uh, people, uh, they look at, uh, at the previous fights of uh, BTBF and they think uh, uh, he's eatable. That is right. He's always eatable. But... Uh, once he got his hands off you, it's uh, very much over, pretty much over. And 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 uh, people overlook the fact that um, Anthony Yard has great physical strength that uh, enabled him to have uh, his way in a fight to 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 keep uh, the fight going a little bit longer. But he was not uh, winning the exchange at all. Mm-hmm. He was getting better all the way. So it was not a very good uh, deal for him. Yeah, if you look at who was winning the I mean? rounds in that fight, uh, Yard was having good moments, but Better Bia was winning the rounds, and he was breaking Yard down. That's the difference. And so um, I, I, th- yeah. I think a lot of people are just thinking about that fight too much. And it's, the styles are not the same. I, I just I think Better Bia is going to dominate this fight with Smith. Yeah, and also Yard, they are, they are totally overlooking the uh, the sheer strength of uh, Anthony Yard. Anthony yeah. Yard is more is more like a, a small as you wait, you know. He's got a, a breast like a, a church door, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he's like yeah. His uh, chest is very broad, you know. It's like a, he's a massive guy for one seventy-five. Not yes. the not the same strength at all as Kellum Smith. Kellum Smith been battered by Canelo, you know, and Canelo is not a very big big puncher. I think it's going to be a short night for Kellen Smith. But anyway, I can't wait to see the fight because uh, better be if it's not that uh, Golovkin is uh, kind of retired. And uh, Lomachenko is also on his way out. And uh, Yuzik is also on his way out because Yuzik, if he wins against Fury, it's going to be in his last fight. He's not going to go any further, you know. He's going to retire undisputed and it's going to be over. So better be if he's really one of the last... um, Princes, uh, I would call them princes because uh, that's consummate uh, professional with uh, extensive pedigree and also extensive uh, integrity in the sport. They're really slowly going away mm-hmm. and they're not really getting replaced. You should take a good look at it. Yeah, no? yeah good so point. We have uh, proper boxers, proper fighters, but not uh, uh, as consummate as him, it's gonna go back, but not uh, not very soon, not uh, not uh, not yet. So maybe with Inoue, we get another. <laughs> maybe we should we should look uh, further in the east to to find this new generation of consummate fighters because you Inoue is uh, really impressive. They're out there. They're coming. We'll so, see them soon. But yeah, good stuff, Jai. I I, I think you're spot on, man. I see think you. You're spot on. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Have a good uh, end of show, and uh, we'll talk soon. I hope. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. There he goes. There Thank he you, goes. Mate. Great call. Great call from Johnny. Yeah, um, you know, I'm looking at Better Bev, and let, let me just say this. They're, they're, the boxing landscape is going to change a lot in 2024 because there are going to be a lot of fighters pretty much making their last fight or at least their last fight at the elite level. 
I really think Tyson Fury's done this year. I think Alexander Usyk's done this year. I think Arder Better Biev might be done this year. He might fight into next year, but this might be his last year at the very, very top. There are several guys that we are going to see fade out this year, phase out of the sport. Um, and, and Better Biev, I, I really do think, is one of them. Over the next 12 to 18 months, that's it. That's it. So if he beats Smith this weekend, which I do think he will, um, and real quick again about Smith, you know, Canelo was able to, at times, back him up and physically push him around. If Canelo's able to do that, what do you think Better BF is going to do? Okay, um, if Better BF wins, which I do think he will, the next fight has to be Dimitri Bevel, right? That has to be the next fight. It's time. And that fight would be for Undisputed at 175. And I know that there have been um, some hesitations to make that fight for multiple reasons. Some of them financial because they think, man, you know, the finances just aren't there. These guys aren't big names. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Take that shit to Saudi Arabia. Let his excellency put up the money and take it to Saudi Arabia. And then I'll also add this. The WBC has cock-blocked it. Mauricio Suleiman's cock-blocked that fight because for some reason, Arthur Beterbiev is okay because he doesn't live in Russia, even though he's Russian. Dmitry Bivol, who actually isn't even ethnically Russian, he lives in Russia, so he's punishing him for living there. It's really, really weird. Um, but I don't give a shit if the WBC is involved or not, okay? If Beterbiev and Bivol fight, it's for undisputed. I don't give a damn what anyone says. And it's going to be up to you guys, the fans, to note that. Because there's going to be some people out there, oh, it's not undisputed. The WBC doesn't recognize it. They gave the interim belt to so-and-so. Look, man, don't let politics cockblock this thing, okay? The, the, money's right, it, it, the money's there in the Middle East right now. Let's make it happen. Okay, real quick, a couple super chats, then we're going to get to the phones here in Stadio Nidi. United States. Jack talks boxing. Jack Alter, what's up, my man? He says, my main man, Michael, big news soon for me and you. Oh, shit. Jack's got something cooking. I saw you called out that kid this week on Twitter. Now, that's a pay-per-view I'll buy, Jack. I'll buy that pay-per-view if you guys can make that fight happen. I'll definitely check that out. Trent Nonpareil with the Super Chat. Thank you so much. He said, better be of atypical finding is scary. Not as scary as Lawson being allowed to fight Ortiz with a brain aneurysm. Benavidez versus or better BF versus Benavidez, who you got, Mike. Okay, Trent, couple things there. An atypical finding is not the same as an adverse finding. So I'm not gonna get into crazy details about this, but basically, um I, I'm probably gonna mess up the details on this because it's kind of a non-factor. There's VADA testing for this fight, and it, um, there was an atypical finding in a test result for Better BF that I think showed he just had a high testosterone level. Look at the guy. He's got high testosterone, okay? If you're a guy who's over 35 and you're still in good shape and relatively still ripped and cut, you have high T. You know, I, and, and guys, you start getting it tested. You know, I've had mine. I'm over 40. I've had mine tested. My shit's still high. It, it, it's, it's genetics. Him having a high T level does not necessarily mean 
It's not the same as an adverse finding where you're finding a foreign drug in there or something like that. Um, I didn't see where it was a high TE ratio and I'm not going to get into all that science, but it was nothing like that. The dude just has high testosterone levels. Well, look at them. Yeah. So until there's something else like an adverse finding and now look, if there's a high TE ratio, that's different. Uh, if there's any other red flags that come back from, from his blood work, that's different. We'll, we'll look into it. But at this point, him having high testosterone, that's really not a big deal. Um, okay. As far as Lawson being allowed to fight Ortiz, um, I'm going to put that on two entities, the commission, actually three, the commission, the promoter, the network, all three could have and should have stopped that from happening. I understand why the promoter didn't. The commission, they have certain medical tests. Now, apparently, as I understand it, Lawson passed those tests. That's what I've been told. Maybe they need to make their test tougher because <laughs> I had to go through the gauntlet to get my license. There's no way I would have got my license if I had uh, Lawson's issues. No freaking way. So it is interesting how I had to go through more medical checks than this guy had to. That's pretty interesting. But the one thing, and this is, again, I'm going to give another shout out to my boy, Steve Kim. He talked about this on Twitter. No one's talking about the platform that broadcasts the fight. If you are broadcasting that fight and you're the network or the streaming platform, whatever the situation is, you can push back and say, uh, that dude is a brain aneurysm. No, we're not going to air this. We're not going to air this on TV. No one's talking about that. The, the network can push back too. So I, I just think that's a failure on everybody, on everybody. Uh, as far as better BF versus Benavidez, better BF by stoppage. Now, you know what? Maybe, maybe that goes the distance. Uh, but yeah, I like better BF in that fight. Uh, Ryan O'Hara checking in. What's up, Ryan? Hope you're doing well, brother. He says, Vada did additional testing to be safe. Better be have passed those tests. A total nothing burger. Yeah, look, I think some of you guys, you guys know I'm the, the drug testing dude, right? Or at least I was back in the day. Um, I, I've researched this stuff pretty thoroughly. I, I'm just telling you right now, and you guys know I'd call it out. You guys know that I always keep it real on this show. I didn't see anything in those atypical findings. Atypical, adverse, they get mixed up. There's that media, um, he's not even media, the Michael Benson dude who just takes quotes from other people and tweets them all day. That's what he does, right? He's the one who tweeted about that. There's just no reason to even tweet about it. It's, it's just a non-factor, a complete nothing burger to Ryan's point. Okay, let's jump back to the phones real quick. Let's take a few more phone calls. Then we're going to wrap it up, guys. Let's go to um, Nacho. Nacho, what's up, man? Hey, Mike. Happy New Year. Uh, I heard your uh, one of your daughters crying in the background when the show started. I yeah. thought that was kind of funny. Dude, all she does is cry. Yeah, the baby. <laughs> so the baby's Josephine. And she, um, Josie, we call her, or Jojo. And she is grumpy. She just cries. She wakes uh. up hangry. 
she wakes up from her nap just crying bro and you got to give her that that bottle right away or she will cry and she gets herself really worked up anyway uh, okay. yeah that was her yeah all right um just uh just wanted to touch on a few things um so you actually brought it up right now mike and i actually wanted to ask you a question regarding that so tony weeks actually went on social media on facebook and made a post about this whole situation yeah. And then once people started questioning his post, deleted. he deleted it. Yeah. So at this point, doesn't he look just as bad as the people you named yes. in allowing this fight to happen by him participating? Well, he has no power to stop the fight, but he could have raised some concern. It, who knows? Maybe in a, so the commission has several meetings before a fight. Um, and before, you know, when everyone's divvying up the assignments for the judges, hey, these are the fights you're going to score. Hey, here's the fights you're refing. And they the, the refs will go into the locker rooms and talk to the fighters. There's this whole procedure, right? Maybe he raised some concerns there. Maybe he didn't. We'll never know. But I agree with you, Nacho. It's a bad look. Weeks shouldn't even be refing anymore. They're, they're just, there needs to no, be a I'm, complete I'm, overhaul of that commission. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, the thing is, they've already gotten three of the problematic guys out of there. They got rid of Robert Bird, they got rid of Kenny Bayless, and then they got rid of Russell Mora. Tony Weeks is the next guy that should be gone as well. Yeah, I agree. So I hope that at some point they they tell him it's time to move on. Um, in regards to the card this weekend, Mike, I'm not going to touch too much on Viterbia and Smith because I agree with a lot of what uh, Hamed and Johnny and everyone else is saying. I think the Turbia wins that fight. I wanted to talk about the other two fights on the televised portion. Um, Maloney and Sanchez. I'm going to pick the upset on that one, Mike, because I've seen the Sanchez kid fight a couple of times. And I think a lot of people don't know about him, but I think this is going to be his coming out party. He's going to come out and he's going to show people that he's um, – you know, and a, a very good uh, contender at 118, and I think he's going to prove it by uh, beating Maloney. I think Maloney's kind of on the downslide a little bit, and I yeah, think I he's going to probably end up getting beaten. And then the other fight, um, I, I just have a question for you. And Bealy, Christian and Bealy has become a contender at 68. He's fighting this dude Murdoch. Do you think Murdoch puts up any kind of resistance, or does not Bealy roll him? relatively fast is that an australian dude yeah yeah i think i want to say like andre ward tried to make a fight with him once and the commission rejected it in nevada or something that, that name sounds really familiar now i think mbele's got that i think he's got that okay and then my other question regarding mbele how long do you think it's, it's going to be before he gets like a top five guy at 68 because i think the kid's ready to contend for a title shot. I think he's one of those guys that politically is going to be kind of shut out for a while. Um, I, I don't know, dude. Who's his promoter? Eye of the Tiger. Oh, you said, there you go. <laughs> I mean, uh, no disrespect to Eye of the Tiger, but the, the, the power broker, you know, at 168 is, um, well, Matchroom has some guys and PBC has some guys, right? So he's on the outside looking in promotionally. He's going to have to work his way up through one of the sanctioning organizations. That's really the only way he's going to get a chance. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then um, 
the other thing I wanted to uh, bring up really quick, Mike, was um, the uh, they made a fight um, earlier this morning. They confirmed it, according to what I read. Oscar Valdez is fighting Liam Wilson. What do you think about that fight? I like it. I like it. Oscar Valdez cannot be in a bad fight. Have they announced the location for that? No, they uh, just said okay. the fight's been made, but they haven't said where it's been held at yet. Okay. Yeah, I like that matchup a lot, um, just in terms of styles. I think that they'll mesh well. And like I said, I can't think of one Oscar Valdez fight that's been bad. He's just always in good fights. So I, I think it's going to be a, a, a fun fight. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, so did you hear those uh, charges that were brought up against uh, Tank's trainer regarding that whole situation that he got involved in? I saw something about it, but I don't know details. Yeah, what what happened there? So from what I read recently, someone um, posted um, not too long ago, according to what I read that this person says is what happened, according to the complaint, um, his trainer paid two guys to drive a vehicle from Baltimore to Las Vegas and promised them a certain amount of money to do the trip. Well, the guys did it, and when they got to Vegas and met with him, apparently he tried to lowball them and when they wouldn't accept the lowball offer, then he threatened them with a gun. So that's what this whole dispute is about. <laughs> hey, man. Javante so, Davis' like, whole wow. team, bro. <laughs> there's just there's always something going on over there. Out, What can you say, man? I, I mean, it sounds yeah, exactly, kind of like, like just more of the same shit. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, and then... Uh, uh, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up really fast too, Mike. Oh, um, there's a card going on in Japan uh, in about 10 days uh, with, uh, I think his name's Carlos Canizales is fighting uh, uh, oh, yeah. Taraji, yeah, the, the Japanese that. fighter. What yeah. do you think of that fight? I like that one a lot. Um, I favor Taraji, but he's in he's matched tough i i, I think that's going to be a very competitive fight and um uh, with a good atmosphere yeah styles yeah yeah is legit i think he's that legit, guy too. has legit pop in his hands yeah and i think he's going to give him a tough fight but I can yeah that should agree. be a good fight all right mike i'm i'm sure you got a couple i got you got that and somebody else so Okay. I just wanted to call in and say what's up. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, so I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. All right, man. Later. Okay. Uh, let me make sure I got uh, Mark Jones says best backdrop in boxing podcast history. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I agree. All right. Let's go to uh, Johnny. I saw you were on there. I guess you had to drop. If you can call back. If not, we do it next time. Let's jump to Thad here. He's been waiting for about 40 minutes. Dad, what's up, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Mike, and I'm glad I can get this spot here. So much information on this show. That's why this is the only show I, I mess with. You know, I, I, it's, it's just so impactful. Thank you for coming back. You know, we need this more consistently. Thank you for saying um, that. Your callers. Yeah, Mike, you and your callers bring up so much thought-provoking um, intricacies in this sport. 
but you brought up something in football, so I got to delve into it real quick. Do it, the do Detroit it, Lions. Are, are you are you betting Dude, the games this weekend? You got how are yes. you betting for the Lions I or am. the Rams? Well, listen, Buffalo money line is probably the – I know it's the square pick, but Buffalo's going to win that game. you got to lay the juice. But every other game has a chance to be an upset. But uh, the Lions against the Rams. The Rams, like you said, the hottest team in the NFL, a lot of push behind them. The Matthew Stafford connection, and it all you know makes out you know for, for TV. But if the Lions get by this game, which I think they'll win by a field goal, Oof. if they win this game, they're going to win the Super Bowl. What? That's my prediction. 20, 22 to one odds to win the Super Bowl right now. I took it. I put, I put it, you know, a, a few bets uh, with parlays and with boxing too. And uh, I just think that they're a live, a live dog. I, I think that that loss to the Cowboys brought the locker room closer. They got that wide receiver back. That was a speedy guy that I think his name is Williams maybe, but um, he was out for gambling. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> yeah, he was he was banned from, from gambling on sports and he's back. He gives them that stretch the field. They're a full team. They can match up with San Francisco. I think, you know, on the right day, they could beat San Francisco at San Francisco. I think they will. And I think they uh, beat Dallas or I think they even beat Green Bay upsets Dallas. If they get a rematch with Dallas, they're going to beat the hell out of them. They're going to be pissed. Yeah. I think they're coming out of the NFC and then they go to the AFC. The AFC is down this year. My, I favor Buffalo to get there. That was my sexy pick all year. Um, I don't think the Ravens are going to get past the first round. I think they get knocked out by Cleveland. Overrated. I just think that Lamar Jackson's track record speaks for itself. The guy won one playoff game, and it was by the skin of his teeth. against a team very, very, you know, lackluster. So, hey, if you got the money, take a shot on Detroit. 22-1 to 1, Super Bowl and 10-1 to 1 to win the NFC. That Either or. I mean, you could parlay that with the Turbia fight this week by knockout. I think he gets rid of him between 7 and 9. Hey, I like Callum Smith. I think he's got a great left hook counter. He cups it. He he waits for you to throw that right hand, and he boom. He he can unleash that left hook, but he can only do it against level opposition that's below Baturbiev. I think Baturbiev catches him in between the punches and and just breaks him down. He's a pound for pound top five fighter on my list, Mike. Him and Bivol both are. I think people underrate both of them. I I think uh, it's a levels thing, and and. Callum Smith, I look at him like a Henry, Harry, Harry or Henry Wharton from back in the day in England and Harold Graham. When they stepped up against the big boys, you know, they, they couldn't match that level. I think that's Callum Smith. Okay. So Baturbiev's going to win. And, uh, hey, Nacho stole my thunder. I, I, that Santiago, the guy that Maloney's fighting, why is the line only three and a half to one Maloney? That, that should, if, if this was a hand-picked guy, which he kind of is, showcase fight this should be like 13 to one it's only three and a half to one so someone thinks he's got a chance to win and that that usually spells doom a guy that he fought that santiago the last guy he fought knocked him out and then the, that guy came right back and knocked out peter mcgrail in five so maybe there's something more to this guy he's lost two fights both split decision probably could have gone either way this guy could be undefeated we saw what happened to uh you know the cuban that caught in an upset against a guy that was 6'1". Mm-hmm. He was 11-1 underdog. He, this guy's only 3.5-1. That, that's, that's a fight to watch. I would stay away from it. Personally, I wouldn't bet it. And uh, Mabilly, he throws a lot of punches. He's going to win by knockout against Murdoch. But I want to see him and Beck the Bully fight. Mm-hmm. Golden Boy, make that fight. Let's get that fight on an undercard in Saudi, anywhere. That's an action fight. Mabilly versus Beck the Bully. 
That'd be great, dude. What do you say about that at 168? That'd be oh, a great freaking fight. Man, that was beautiful fight. Both guys just offense, 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 bang, bang, bang. At 68? Yeah. Look out. And uh, you brought Michaela Mayer's name. I love her against Natasha Jonas, who's beautiful. Okay? Is that She'll win in a beauty weekend? contest. She won't win in a fight. No, it's it's, a, it's in a few weeks. It's in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's in yeah. February, I believe. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking ahead to that. You can get plus odds on Michaela Mayer. She's too big. She could fight inside. Jonas is probably going to cash out here. But I like uh, Mayer by split decision on the decision. I, I think that's great value. You're going to get great odds on that. I, I just That's how I see it playing out. So there's – and then, um, oh, yeah, one other fight that a lot of people are giving uh, – John Ryder. They're a little overrating uh, John Ryder now because of what he did with Canelo. That was a one-time performance where he left it all on the line. He took a hellacious beating, Mike. He might not have anything left. I think Munguia might stop him. He will. I really do, I think. Yeah. But uh, Yeah. And and he's only... Munguia is less than 3-1. to one. He's a less than 3-1 to one favorite. So you, you have a lot of value there. So, Mike, there's just a lot of value here with, with, with the fights coming up. And then you got Usyk to close it out who I love against Fury. You know, if it's a fair decision, I, I like him to beat Fury. I think Fury's kind of done. Um, he, Fury never wanted that fight. Usyk's just the real deal. Usyk's a once-in-a-generation fighter. He's like the Roberto Duran of the heavyweights. I've never yeah, seen a guy Fury's like, like Usyk in my life. Fury's been real quiet. He made one social media post talking trash, but that's it. And normally, right. yeah. at this time, like you know, a couple or a month before a fight, He's talking a lot of the trash. He's all over social media. He knows what he's up against. Yeah, he knows. He does. And and you know what? I overrated Fury. You know, I, I have to admit. You asked me a long time ago if I thought he was pound for pound. I thought, yeah, you know what? I've never seen a heavyweight move like that. You know, but you know, after looking at, listen, I told all you guys Wilder was a fraud. No offense to Wilder. God, guy's got heart. He's a C plus fighter, glorified basketball player. He became heavyweight champ, a titleist. Shelly Finkel needs, you know, an, an Oscar for getting him that, okay? Because he protected him. Wilder was nothing but a C-level fighter. Matched against PBC opposition. Fights that were fixed. Let's be honest. Willie Scott, fixed fight. Hellenius, fixed fight. Took dives. And, uh, you know, he got exposed again. And like I said, that was a couple months ago. I told you around Thanksgiving. That's a once in a lifetime odds bet fight for Parker, four to one. I, I, you know, I laid a wall up in on that line, and you know, it it made my year. So um, Wilder but you're was never going to get that favorite? again. He's a four and a half to one favorite, actually. Wow, in some so places, you, you he, must he, have had a, uh, a good freaking Christmas yeah, bonus. Four hundred. <laughs> oh, I did, Mike, but I'm I was kind of pissed off because I had a lot of the chunk on Parker by stoppage, and I saw in the eighth round, I'm like, holy crap, I have this round block i have parker eight nine uh eight nine and ten um to get the stoppage here and 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 listen i would have been looking close to six six, <laughs> six figures on that if that if that hit with everything else because I, I had a parlay with anthony joshua winning by knockout and i was getting plus odds on that i mean it was just a beautiful beautiful night all around spectating and betting but that that Parker line, you'll never see that again. I mean, that was just to give me, you know, Vegas, they, they have a computer that makes the lines and they didn't factor in anything like realistic, you know, when it comes to Wilder and he has so much fanfare, you know, the drones that, that back him, it's, 
it's it's pathetic at this point. And they still make excuses for this guy. Hey, just let it go. The guy lost. So what? Everyone loses and everyone loses. It makes you better in life when you lose and you come back. Okay. There's nothing against losing. What what there is something against making excuses and just being delusional and unrealistic. That's why we don't like you. We don't like Wilder fans because they make excuses and they're idiots. Okay? They really are. Just let the guy lose with grace. Javante Davis fans are getting close though. They're (laughs) they're like right there. They're right there. Hey, I gotta call Tyson Fury fans. They were calling, they were saying he was the best heavyweight of all time, dude. Like, like so, right, but oh, yeah, brother. The Wilder thing was particularly special. We're going to be breaking that down for years to come. Dad, I'm going to let you go, so, so man. Like, you got it, you got one more thing to hit us one with. More, yeah, one more thing. When you guys look at the PBC deal, listen, they lose every time they go outside the reservation. Make money off of it, okay? You had so many opportunities with Spence and all these guys. Every time they fight someone from another promotion company, they get their ass kicked. Okay. It's going to be coming up again soon. We'll be seeing another guy from PBC fighting another promotional company, and they'll be getting a lot of respect. Make money. Bet, bet against these idiots. I mean, come on. It's like JVs playing varsity. Varsity always wins. <laughs> Mike, have a good weekend. Good luck right. to everybody, okay? All right. Thanks a Go lot. Go Lions. Yeah, all right, brother. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. But, hey, man. I, Thad thinks they can win the Super Bowl. Holy shit. Okay, let's do. We're gonna do one more quick call that we gotta jump. My daughter is screaming in the background, and if I don't get in there to help out soon, my wife is gonna have my head. So one more quick call. Let's jump to eight oh four in Virginia. What's up? What's going on, man? It's Corey Lee Boxing. What's Corey up, Lee man? Boxing. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> hey, man. I'm glad I called. I'm glad you know you was able to take the call, man. But How's everything going, man? Congratulations with your kids and all, man. Thanks, man. I'm just basically running a freaking daycare at this point. <laughs> I got a a 14 month old and a two month old. So, like I was saying earlier in the show, do not have two kids in one year. I would not recommend doing that. It's uh, <laughs> but beer helps. So. Damn, man. <laughs> Hey man, more power to you, man. Congratulations, Thank though, you. man. But Thank um, but yeah, man, I want to talk, man. I really been want to talk about uh, you know, Archie Better Be, man. It's fight week. You know, tomorrow's a big fight. Um, you know, just to touch on a couple things, man. You know, a lot of people are you know coming up with that narrative that you know Colin Smith, t- you know, has a has you know, I feel like a bigger chance than what a lot of people are saying. That that's what. You know, Eddie Hearn is saying, you know, he's pushing that narrative like, you know, Colin Smith is going to get the knockout and, you know, Colin Smith this and Colin Smith that. And I got no, no, no disrespect to Buddy McGirt, um, you know, but I've seen how he trains his fighters and I've seen, you know, I actually was there, you know, when he was training, tra- uh, you know, when he was in the corner of uh, Dedeshev, you know, I was oh, live wow. at that fight. Oh, so wow. I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, and I and I did the. I was one of the only ones to do the post fight interview after the fight too. So I mean, I I, I kind of know you know how Buddy McGirt you know you know does his fighters and stuff like that. And and I truly truly with all due respect, man, I just feel like you know Ramsey does a whole totally different game plan. I mean, shit, you're right. You you guys gotta listen to some of the fine details. You know, 
Um, Archer Betterby went to Russia for the first part of his camp, something about the altitude. And then he started camp, you know, in uh, Canada, man. So he had almost like a two-part camp. Mm. And, um, you know, Archer Betterby's training, you know, this is training alone is, 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 is second to not, like he's, he's, you know, way His um, above and beyond crazy, you know, a dude. lot of the, have you seen him in the gym? Yeah, man. He's, you know, he's an animal, bro. Dude, he's an animal, man. And it's just like, you know, he's a once-in-a-generational talent, man. And I'm letting a lot of you guys out there know that's, you know, new to the boxing or just listening to, to, to Montario and stuff like that, man. Archer Betterby was actually Andre Ward's mandatory for the IBF. And I'm not disrespecting Andre Ward in any way, shape, or form, but I truly feel... Some way, some shape, or form, he was thinking about Archer Betterby before he retired. Had to have been. He was his. He was his mandatory yep. for a year before he retired. Yep. So Real I just hard. truly feel like you know I'm. I'm not saying that's why he retired, but I'm just saying Archer Betterby has been undefeated since then, and has been on this collision course against everybody he's faced. Even Marcus Brownie with the you know cut over his face and everything like that. He, he still pushed through, and he had a lot of resilience. And, um, you know, in this fight, I think that all of that will help him. I think he gets rid of Colum Smith in nine rounds. Um, okay. You know, Colum Smith, I think he will be able to take some punishment, but there's only but so much punishment you can take. Um, Archer Betterbeef could never make 168. Um, Colum Smith is coming from 168. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like, I truly feel like right now, man, you're catching art. A lot of people are talking about Archer Betterby's age and that he could possibly be a little older and, you know, old in the tooth and stuff like that. You guys are going to see Saturday night, man, that this guy, he, not only is he going to stop Colin Smith, he's going to stop Demetrius Bivol as well. Demetrius Bivol has been, you know, he hasn't, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, Demetrius Bivol has been, you know, the promoter, Eddie Hearn and stuff like that, have been, have been catering to Bivol. He has not been in there super, super tough. You know, I feel like, you know, Archer Betterbeef has been has been fighting tough guy after tough guy after tough guy. You know what I mean? People didn't even want to fight Marcus Brownie for a little while. You know he's what I mean? He's an underrated People fighter, didn't even, Marcus you know, Brown is a good fighter. Yeah, he's an underrated fighter, he's man. Fighter. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's like, you know, for... for, for, for for better be to do the things he's done to the caliber of fighters he's done it to, he you gotta put that into consideration, man. Yeah. It's a minus two hundred for Archer Better be to stop Colin Smith. Put your fucking house on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> because yeah. he will stop him. He will stop him tomorrow night. Archer Better be is a once in a generational talent. I feel like there's no other guy in boxing like Archer Better be. And when he's gone, man, I'm telling you, he's gonna finish. I truly feel like he's going to retire undefeated with all knockouts. Hmm. Never been done before. Um, you know, I've been studying his career for the last six or seven years. So I would I would have heard that he's doing any type of drinking, partying, any outside influences, all of that. I would have heard of that in the last six or seven years. I've heard of none of that. Yeah. He's a 100% athlete. This is what a 38-year-old athlete is supposed to look like, Archer Betterby, with, you know, doing it the right way. You know, for all all of his years of boxing, doing it the right way. So I just feel like you know Archer Betterbeef is is gonna stop Colin Smith, um, and then he's gonna stop Bivol, man. When he when he uh, when he finally faces Bivol, man. I know I'm the last caller, man. I just wanted to touch on that. Um, Betterbeef, 
you know, and he and one more thing, he he stylistically, you know, a lot of people think that Better Beef can't, you know, box and stuff like that. He wouldn't have had a decorated amateur career and beat, you know, some of the good good fighters that were out there in the amateur ranks if he wasn't. You know, he had a really good amateur record. Um, he knocked Alexander Music down in the amateurs, you know, from a body shot. And um, you know, this guy is I really truly feel at 175. It's almost like a cheat code. You know, he could go up to cruiserweight and beat everybody at cruiserweight right now. Hmm. But I just think that Archer Betterbees can make the weight. Why not fight at the weight? You know? And um, you guys are going to see tomorrow night and when he fights Bivol, man, that this guy has, he's towards the end of his career. But I think that we still got at least two to three good years left of Archer Betterbees. And I think his reign will continue for the, le- for the next two or three more years, undefeated and all knockouts. This is Corey Lee Boxing, man. Thank you for taking the call, man. You have a blessed weekend. You too, brother. Appreciate, uh, enjoy the fights, man. Call back, all right? All right, bro. Later, man. Right, peace. peace out, y'all. Good stuff, Corey Lee. Going on the racket. All right, guys. That's it. Uh, to Nacho's point here, on his comment here, Mike, Daddy, Daycare, Montero. I got to get back to it. So um, I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too, man. Pay the fee. Share the show. All right. Just share it on your social media. Get it out there. All right. That's how we do it here. We do it word of mouth style. All right. Um, yeah. Guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. Enjoy the football. Wild card weekend. We'll do it again soon. I promise. I love you guys. Peace. <laughs>